0: Welcome to the Chamber podcast. This is the second of two episodes on the UK Central Hub, the area of land near Birmingham Airport, the NEC and a new urban quarter, which will be home to the new HS2 interchange station from 2026. In part two, we're focusing on the infrastructure, utilities and external support required to make the hub thrive. I'm Lillian Ellican, head of the Solihull Chamber of Commerce.
1: I'm Philip Farrell, the development director at the Urban Growth Company.
2: I'm Will Haynes, the NEC Group's Operations Director.
3: And I'm Joe Lloyd, Business Development Director at the airport.
0: In part one, we talked about work to improve connectivity to the new developments. Roads, railways, metro lines, sprint buses and an automated people mover. But what about things like electricity, gas, water and digital infrastructure?
1: Yeah, I think this is uh, one of the interesting things. When you talk to the public about infrastructure, they always focus on the obvious things like trains, cars, planes, etc. Um, I think if you talk to the business community, they focus just as heavily on, you know, can I get electricity to power my factory? Um, can I get the, the, the quality bandwidth for the, kind of my, my, my IT, etc.? Uh, and so we're treating that exactly the same as we're talking about helping public transport and roads. And we're focusing, with again, with partnership with the NEC and the airport and JLR, um, and HS2 about, do we actually start upgrading some of the uh, some of those utilities in advance? So we've got a very interesting conversation ongoing about actually providing what we call a new grid supply point to the area, which effectively is a direct link between this area and the national grid level of infrastructure, which should supply us with the electricity we'd ever need for the growth agenda and for all our partners. It does require some upfront investment, but again, it's that thing, if we do the upfront investment now, it'll pay enormous dividends later on. When if you are an occupier and you've got some kind of high advanced manufacturing and you're looking for an area without electricity constraints, we'll be one of the few areas in the country which will have no electricity constraints if we can pull this off. So we are aiming big at doing this um, and we're aiming wide and broad. And I think if you talk to developers, investors, et cetera, who know how this kind of scale development can go on, we are focusing on all the things that would worry them. And by doing that, I think we, we look like we're um, joined up, a bit more sophisticated than normal public sector investment kind of plan.
2: I think that's absolutely vital because, uh, as Phil says, it's really important to get those infrastructure capabilities in place, not just transport or utilities, for those developers, because those sort of costs, those major upfront lump sum costs, are, are really enable us to let that development happen. Mm-hmm. So we have to try, potentially as a group, to provide those opportunities for people. At the NEC, we're already contemplating uh, issues around things like the development of uh, combined heat and power plants. Um, for some years, we've known that energy is part of our, our DNA, a lot of what we, what we consume, and we've got to do a really good job about doing that, not only to give reliable supply, but also um, from a sustainability point of view, we have to make sure that environmentally, we're doing our bit as well. Uh, we're very keen, as the NEC, all this developments happening around us to make sure that we can uh, can continue our existing business while this activity happens, Uh, and whether that's about changing existing supply networks, adding new supply networks, uh, or indeed changing the infrastructure. All of those have to be done in a very planned and organised fashion. And it's quite interesting because some of the leading times for some of these big investments are very significant. You've got national outages of the national electrical system, uh, for instance, to work with. Uh, And even with gas there are issues. So we need to do the very best job we can and plan quite some time into the future to make it work properly. But having got all those things in place, we will have a significant advantage to attract new developers to the region. Uh, and to enable those developments to happen quickly. What, what I think is also interesting
1: is if you look at, um, a lot of this is kind of business as usual, it's, it, it's kind of electricity for factories, it's, you know, it's roads for cars. We're actually talking over 30, 40 year timelines, everybody knows, we're not quite sure what the world will be like that. You know, electric vehicle charging points I think is something that's taxing all three of us around here. Do we have to put some major investment in that now or are we accidentally maybe backing the wrong course? What if hydrogen turns out to be the solution and we've all just spent a fortune on electric charging? So we're looking at all these things and sometimes it's we can plan for them, some we can't. Some things like a cycling strategy, and I think we'd all agree the cycling network around this part of the, the borough is pretty awful. And we're working with the council to say, actually, let's make sure people can actually cycle to some of these destinations. Because at the moment it's quite difficult. Um, you know, the pedestrian routes are quite poor. So we've got that kind of, the, should we say, the obvious ways of solving it. Then we've got problems that we don't know yet how to fix or whether there'll be a problem. But if we don't think about them now, we won't be ready for the time we do need to act. So again, that's that kind of thing about looking like we're knowing what the problems are, we've got a 30, 40, 50 year timeline, um, and we are trying to deal with problems before they emerge rather than just react afterwards in a haphazard manner.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's clear that there's lots of elements um, to this project to ensure that we get it right. Um, and I wonder if each of you could explain the difference between doing an okay job on delivering this and doing a great job, um, particularly when it comes to the infrastructure at the hub.
3: Can I just kick off with that? I mean, um, I think it's a widely accepted um, uh, principle that airport uh, development the 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 increased connectivity that airports bring has a direct impact on um, the economic activity in a region um we we see ourselves at the airport as an economic accelerator a bit of jargon but but it but it generally says if you want to increase your international uh, trading activity, um, then you need to have connectivity to international markets. Um, we, we did a study which, which looks at the, um, the the impact, the economic impact that the airport has on our region today. It's a, it's a staggering one point billion pounds. Um, so if you if you look at growth of the airport and the exponential growth of that uh, of that economic impact, uh, and I- improved acceleration of the of the economic activity. Um, I think it speaks for itself, Um, so so doing a great job, making best use of the airport asset that the region has, uh, making sure people can get to the airport, making sure that we are the airport of choice um, because of the service that we provide, um, it is all making best use of that asset Um, and and that's the difference really, If, if we don't get it right, then we won't reap the economic benefits of a prosperous, growing, sustainable airport.
2: Yeah, I well, we couldn't agree more, really. I mean, we're all very big businesses that have got a lot of employees and a lot of customers. And, and clearly, customer service and the ability to get to and from your place of work, or indeed uh, your place of, uh, of play, in our case, then it's really, really important that people are able to get to and from very quickly and easily. If we don't do that, they're going to go somewhere else. They absolutely have a choice, and as development happens in the the Midlands region and across the UK as a whole, we need to be in a position where we're attracting the very best people and the very best markets, and we're only going to do that if the infrastructure provides convenient access, cost-effective access and timely access. So all of these things absolutely come together to serve all of our needs, and we're very much aligned in that, I think, in the way in which we're approaching it. We have to remember that all of our customers have a choice. Uh, and and that means they'll take that choice, and if they feel or they leave a business having had to wait in a queue for traffic, or it's cost them too much to get from A to B, then they will go somewhere else who are who are providing those alternatives, uh, and therefore we need to be up there making sure that we grab that, that nettle quickly and deal with it.
1: I think in my mind, to me, the success of, of, of UGC, as in what we are meant to do, is if in 30 years, and obviously we know property developments take a very long time as, as people know, in 30 years when you get off that HS2 train or when you get off the um, West Coast Mainline International, um, it would be as though you've just arrived in a town centre. You don't think you're in an out of town location. You don't think you're kind of on the fringe of where matters. You're actually somewhere. You walk out, you've got a high density development around you which would make you feel like you've just arrived in a very affluent, buzzing town centre. In the same way, if you arrive at the airport, we want them to feel like like you would do at say Docklands, you haven't just arrived at an airport throughout the fringe. You're an airport and you're minutes away from really destinations, which may well be the kind of the manufacturing on JLR, it might be the kind of office and R and D facilities across the around the HS2 station or all the leisure activities around the NEC. I think success for me was if people regard this as almost the tallest only has two town centres. It's got its original retail core and out here it's got kind of, a kind of business core with a lot of strong assets. If we can achieve that then I think we've done the best. If we don't achieve that, I think if we don't achieve that, there's a very strong ball we'll have, short, we'll have, we'll have missed out on the real opportunity here. Mm. Um, and that's going to take quite a lot of commitment from the council and, and all its stakeholders to make sure we stick to that vision and don't go for the easiest solution. Or any of those, because we're in a very, very attractive location here. We could just fill this all up with cheap, easy development, load of distribution hubs, and a few warehouses, etc., and some rubbish. You know, a kind of like traditional hamlet housing and all that kind of thing. I think that would be missing the opportunity for real growth, real economic impact. And so in my mind, that's what I'm going for. I suspect it will be achieved long after I'm retired, when we get to fruition, because um, that's the kind of timescales I think this kind of thing takes. Uh, but that, in my idea, is, is doing a good job rather than just settling for what was easiest.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. And and what do you think, in terms of external support, that is required to make sure that we get that great job that you've just talked about?
1: Mm, that's an interesting one. We do need comprehensive support from the public sector, and I think we have a very strong, uh, obviously, Solihull kind of set up this uh, vision, and I think with very strong support from the council, very, very strong support for the combined authority. I think they're very much championing our cause and releasing funds where necessary. Um, HS2, you know, effectively they are they are going to fill one of those key parts and Network Rail are going to fill another in terms of the complete rebuild international station. They need to just keep their nerve and support us and keep working with us. I think central government needs to really understand that this is the kind of thing they really need to support. Mm. They want to claim, they want to good real... Um, um, support the regions and move all that growth out of London well this is probably the nearest and easiest place to start focusing your efforts so I would say everybody from top to government down in government somewhere around here will be something that will satisfy one of your tick boxes definitely so I think government that in terms of business um, I think the local stakeholders already buy into it so there's nothing else we're kind of asking from from the airport the, the, uh, the NEC jail line I think they really get the vision I think across the region though there must be that kind of wait and see a little bit give us time to sort things out and then really come and experience this as a a new opportunity. Open up your mind, there'll be Birmingham City Centre, there'll be Solihull Town Centre, but there'll be another opportunity there. Some firms are seeing already, InterServe have recently put their regional headquarters up here. They've seen it already. Um, I hope they'll think one day that was really, really good since we were in first, but they're not the only firm that's looking at things like that. So I think, um, what we want from business is kind of just let us, let us sort things out to some extent over the next few years and then really come and embrace it because they'll, be, you know, they'll be welcomed wholeheartedly
2: if they've got the same vision we have. Yes, I think it's very important we have a framework that we can all see development progressing into the future and the master plans are key to all of that. But those, those frameworks will enable people to make plans and commitments around knowledge and certainty about what will come around them so if that framework's in place supported by the planning process of course uh, and that should that should stop and prevent the confusion or the or the contradiction or the constraints that have a habit of floating to the top of the argument before the enablers really get really get um, get full energy and and are supportive of the whole process um, so we're very keen to see the framework happen and then we're very keen to see to see local and indeed national government get behind it
3: I think, well, you, you, you've said most of uh, what we all we all believe in. Um, I, I'd just like to reiterate that um, that that we need to work together as a team. That's 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 incredibly important. Um, there's been a level of cooperation uh, so far on this project, which I think is unprecedented for the region. Um, it's a it's a great credit to all those that have put hard work into um, listening to each other. Um, and, and and I think that's going to be what will really deliver the vision um, it's a it's about compromises about working together so that the end result the totality of the project um, is as good as it can possibly be um, when 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 it's all delivered mm. um, the airport right. yeah yeah the, the airport Will uh, you'll, you'll see uh, significant improvements in the, in the short term. I know, Phil, you're talking longer term, but watch this space. The airport uh, uh, is, is, is very much going to complete a, a, a big refurbishment, a big extension over the next couple of years. So, uh, so, so let's, let's work together to, to, to keep moving this project forward.
1: And I think one last thing I'd like to say is trying to break down those regional barriers. We keep mentioning Solihull, but obviously Birmingham Airport... Its core market is not just the people of Solihull, just to be in Solihull. It's a regional airport. The NEC is a regional, almost a national presence. The thing we're talking about doing here—the growth and the jobs and all this—all gro- uh, all these opportunities will be just as open to the people of Wolverhampton and Coventry and Nuneaton, and Worcester, as they will to the people of Solihull and Birmingham. So I'd say, just you might not be immediately next to this thing, but it's so big. In the future, it'll be so enormous that actually, just being in the region, you will benefit it from this. So you know, I'd say, ignore those regional barriers. Ignore those kind of council lines um, and just focus on this as a regional opportunity. We should all buy into it. Just because it doesn't have to be in your borough means nothing, effectively. The opportunity for you and your children is going to be there, and those jobs and those houses and all those leisure activities and the connections to the world are for the entire region. Uh, And I think sometimes we can be a little bit parochial and I don't think there's any reason to be parochial in the West Midlands anymore. I think it's starting to come together and I hope that continues. Something like this should be hopefully a good focus for people to, to avoid those kind of traditional um, uh, traditional barriers.